Hey, yo, yo, y'all can't stand right here. In his right hand was your man's worst nightmare. Loud enough to burst his right eardrum close range. The game is not only dangerous, but it's most strange. I sell rhymes like dimes. Dimes and Rhymes, episode three. We took a little bit of a break, but we're back. We're back. Not much of a break. Not well, the audience doesn't well, the know. The audience we took a break. doesn't have a break, but we knew. Yeah, we knew. We did. We took our time with this one, huh? A lot has happened in the last two weeks. I feel like we got to catch up a little bit. Yeah, we'll catch the audience up and just have a good show. Yeah. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, Dimes underscore Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us again. What's we're on Spotify now. We are on Spotify now. It's pretty cool. Big announcement. Yeah, I just sent an email to like the Spotify, uh, not Spotify, the RSS like. Uh, podcast people and i was like hey like i'm a student like i have a podcast like i don't want to pay for this thing and they're like oh you should be good we set you up no it's just free yeah i think after six months i'm gonna be like on a yearly charge but oh after six months we're probably gonna be famous through the show oh yeah we don't even need to worry about sponsors yeah yeah, yeah. don't worry about it we'll have sponsors yeah um is there any any other things we need to make amends to other than the fact that you know cleveland is the future of the nba oh my NBA champ. Yeah, their lineup, their the way that they're running their lineups without Garland too. Garland just came back and had a great game, but yeah, what a wild team! I think uh, I should also apologize to Matt Ryan on the Los Angeles Ooh. Lakers. I shouldn't have clowned you. I shouldn't have said bad things about you. Well, really, I didn't say anything bad. You're a shooter, you know. And he That's, was shooting. That's exactly shooting. what he did. Yeah, just last night he hit the. Uh, Sending to over sending the Lakers to the overtime for their second win in a row. It was a crazy shot. It's crazy. I thought he was just going to be like a, a preseason. You know, I, I didn't think he was going to see see actual playing time. But it's wild. He's a door. He was a DoorDash driver last year. Yeah, that's what it in said. the G League. In, what is that? He's doing DoorDash and now he's hitting game tying overtime three pointers for the Lakers. The thing that's funny is they put him. He didn't play for most of the fourth quarter. But with 1.8 seconds left, they took out Lonnie Walker to put in Matt Ryan. Like, that play was for him. It's wild. Because, I mean, who else is going to shoot a three on that team? Uh, LeBron, but he's, like, getting doubled probably at the top. So He's sick, too. Do you see that? He, he, he yeah. said he was sick the last few days. Hey, the numbers can't tell. He's putting up, like, 20, 10, and 8. So. Yeah, he was, like, 0 for 8 by, behind the arc, though. Ooh. Well, listen. There's no one else that's shooting. Lonnie Walker. I, Lonnie Walker I think we had should, a monster game. We need to issue an apology to Lonnie Walker as well. I yeah. think. I think it's only right. Um, Lonnie Walker. He's a little off and on, but when he's on, he's putting up like 30 points and 10 assists. When he's off, he's you know four, four, and four, mm-hmm. which isn't impressive. But when he's on, he looks like whoa. He might be the best player on the court right now. Somehow, I don't know what's going on, but because that team, the way they built it, is is just ridiculous. Yeah. Patrick, Be- yeah, that Lakers squad is very interesting. Pat Bev is not looking really good at all. Yeah, I mean, at least like yesterday they had they had like four or five guys in the tens, like over ten points. But then you still have like Pat Bev out there just playing D. You know, he's not scoring. Yeah, which is unlike him. He's been a decent scorer for most of his career, but right now he just can't score. I'd rather have Russell Westbrook airball some some layups than Pat Bev shoot honestly let, let let Russ cook a little bit I agree yeah six looking, man coming off the bench looking here I think the the only the last apology that we need to issue here y'all to the Utah Jazz mm. they look like a real team yeah. right now um where San Antonio is like okay they're winning games but I'm still like hesitant to call them like you know competitive Utah I'm almost at that, I'm like, they might be competitive somehow. 
Too early to tell. I, I don't think... I don't think the Spurs are competitive by any means. It's just funny that they came out and they won a bunch of games right. with, you know, their expectation being so, so low. Here's what I'll say, though, is Utah's schedule is one of the easiest in the league to open up the season. They're playing a lot of teams that maybe they should be beating or at least close game kind of competition-wise. And the teams that they should be losing to, they're losing to. So they might not be like super competitive but they're competitive enough to stay in games late time like late into the game because my thing with like charlotte and okc is if they're down by five with 10 left in the fourth they're gonna lose that game they're gonna purposely lose that game they're gonna take out all their starters and put in a bunch of you know bench guys but utah late in games down by five they're like no we still have a chance which is cool to see yeah i don't think they're gonna be like playoff contenders by any means no the west is too stacked yeah the difference between the 11th seed and the first seed right now is two games. So I mean, the Jazz still did lose to the Rockets, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like give and take a little bit, but I mean, it's crazy that they beat the Grizzlies, but that was a close one. But but if you're looking at their games, though, it's like you know maybe they should be winning these games. That's what I keep looking at. Yeah, they're all really close, to be honest. Yeah. It's a cool it's a cool team to watch though. Laurie Markinen looks like, you know, he might be most improved player or at least should be most improved player, but that award is scuffed now, so who knows when it comes to that. It would be hilarious if they ended up with a better record than the Timberwolves. Oh god. I think I think everyone would laugh at that. It's possible, especially with where the Timberwolves are right now is it's possible. That that team confuses me. Um I wasn't that high on them to begin with, and now watching them, I'm like, I don't know if they they might be the 10th seed. They might stay that way. Uh, I think they just probably need time to time to grow as a team a little bit, time to play, you know, learn how to play together. And if they're all healthy and they have that D'Lo problem, what's up with D'Lo? He needs he's to come been, off the he's bench. He's been playing awful. Awful. He's he's had a terrible season. Anthony Edwards, I think he still has zero dunks this season. Yeah, he's got that? zero dunks. And what what was his comment? He had like on? a comment the other day, and he's like, "Well, I'm not like seven foot five. Like, I can't dunk every play." Yeah, he's like, "I'm not going to dunk on every player." It's yeah, like, and it's it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, John Morant has has a bunch of dunks already in this season. He's shorter than Antis, so it's just like there's like a lack of certain just certain plays being ran he's not getting to the basket as much which could be expected because now they have two bigs and rudy and carl anthony towns so maybe there's less drives to the lane because you have another guy filling the lane because it's not like rudy gobert's taking any outside shots miss the uh the long haired and the the different oh, haircut yeah. i agree cut his hair and he, he forgot how to play basketball a little bit yeah mm, yeah that's an it's an interesting one d'lo coming off the bench would be crazy though d'lo and russ six man of the year yeah in the both in candidacy for six man of the year, that would Who be would cool. Have thought? All stars, what two or three years ago they were both in the all star team. When was Russ on the all star team? When he was on the Wizards? Uh, no, the year before that. Mm. I think when. Oh no, he might not have been on the all star team. All star team since OKC. Maybe like a. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Four know. years ago, maybe. But D'Lo was on the all star team in like 2019, two and a half years ago with Brooklyn. And now he's bad, like a bad player. Yeah, I don't really know what happened to him. I think uh, I think I kind of wanted to talk about 
the New Orleans Pelicans a little bit right now. What about them? So, been watching some Pelicans games. Mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado got uh, LeBron James with the the you know sneaky he's, steal. He's thing. so fun to watch. Watching him run yeah. up, he, he sprints up and down the court every possession. Like he, I don't know how he doesn't get tired, but he's just like an annoying little pest for everyone. And the way run. he runs too, like he doesn't like run with like in full stride. He keeps his arms like locked at his side. Yeah. So he's he running like he's like a bodybuilder. But I think that's because he wants to be. He doesn't want to get called for fouls, like reaching fouls. Yeah. He's very specific when when he when he wants to reach in, and so he'll run with his arms directly to his side. But he's so much fun to watch. I love that team. That Pelicans team looks a lot of fun. They he, look good. He like just alone started a crazy uh, run that the Pelicans had yesterday because the Lakers were up by by quite a bit in the third, and all it takes is like one Jose steal for them to start like this. This this run where they they can't be stopped and he he just like sparks that offense and defense somehow, and it's wild because seeing the other teams having to deal with him is hilarious because he's really not like a he's a short little guy that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, he might like, be six foot exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't expect him to be out there like, you know, stopping LeBron James, but he is. Yeah, he's incredibly fast. I think that's the like he's not really athletic by any like statistical measure. He doesn't have like crazy hops or anything like that, but. He's super quick, a quick-footed person, and so he's very, very smart defensively. He knows that he can get into people's body and reach and get, tip the ball and stop people. It's not even that big. He's got a good shot, too. Uh, I mean, his first shot yesterday was an air ball, and then the next possession he went down and shot an open three and switched it, and then he, from then on he was just, like, not missing. Yeah, I think that's the one thing they're trying to work into his game a little bit more is, like, if you look at him offensively, he's – that's the one thing where it kind of confuses me where he fits into this team a little bit because they have a lot of on-ball scorers in in New Orleans with uh, B.I. and C.J. and Zion. Um, and even some of their bench guys like Devontae Graham is an on-ball scorer. So he has to be like a outside guy. He has to be sitting in the corner and taking threes. Um, he could fit in anywhere, though. But, like, he has a crazy floater at his – he shoots like yeah, a little this little teardrop floater yeah. that gets in the paint. It's he like shoots like forty nine percent with a floater, which is I think the league average for floaters is like thirty eight percent. So he's shooting like ten percent over the league average with floaters, and he's a, he's one of the smallest players in the league right now. So he'll pump fake and go into the lane and shoots that little teardrop, and his three point shot is okay. Yeah, I mean you put him in there though, he's getting he'll get you a bucket, especially when you have you know you have to sub out some of those starters and. C.J. McCollum just doesn't have that speed that that you need, and Zion doesn't have a lot of speed. So I think he, I mean, I think Jose would fit in on really any team, but makes the Pelicans a little bit like unexpectedly deeper than than most people would think. Yeah, he's a good guy to have off the bench for sure. Still lost to the Los Angeles Lakers though, somehow. I know, but the the Lakers had that game that they had the whole game the entire way. Yeah. And they almost sold themselves. They had to hit a crazy Matt Ryan in the corner three-point shot. Watching that clip is so funny because after he made it, if you look at Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves is like, like uh, he's like, like uh, almost crying in the corner because he's like, we had this game. I'm sure what he was feeling was like, I can't believe we needed a Matt Ryan three-pointer to. They should, yeah, they should not have needed that position. And of all people, like, um, and then I saw some some post on Instagram that was like. After the Matt Ryan thriller shot, let's look at some other 
crazy buzzer beaters and it's like famous players shooting crazy buzzer beaters and the first slide is matt ryan what is going on it's cool man no longer needs doordash that's for sure i hope he he gets a good contract right um and you know how shooters are nowadays they always get that like three year 30 million dollar contract and you're like you're paying this person 10 million dollars a year to shoot three sometimes Mm. like the duncan robinson contract where like they don't really really even play him they played him last night but most of the time, they're not even really playing in him. Do you think uh, you think you'd still want to see a, a Russell Westbrook trade after the last two Laker wins? He's gonna have to get shopped this season. I think. I think that's a claim I'd still make. Is they are going to look to shop him, especially after the Miles Turner quotes. Miles mm. um, Turner was asked, like you know, with the Lakers and how they're looking right now, like. What, what are your thoughts on that? And he was like, well, if I was L.A., you know, I would see a player like me, a big, that can shoot threes and block shots, and I'd be trying to get me. And I'd be like, oh, and he doesn't want to be in Indiana. That's right. a pretty, that's right. a pretty solid way to say, trade me. It's like the Eric Bledsoe thing from a few years ago. Eric Bledsoe, what did he say? He used to be like, when he was in Phoenix, he was like, I'm, you know, not really having the best time, but it's okay. <laughs> and he had to delete a bunch of tweets because people were get, catching on to him. And then they ended up shipping him to Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get out. I think that's what Miles Turner is doing right now. Where he can't just say, trade me, because he's not, like, a hot enough player. He's not, like, the mm-hmm. the guy to be saying things like that. And then you have LeBron, like, putting cryptic messages online <laughs> saying, like, certain players are going crazy, like... What's going on, and why is he saying things like that? I don't know. LeBron is—he's like a master of PR. I'm sure he has a plan with those things. Yeah, I don't know if he's—he's legit just praising players, or he's like, "This is a cry for help. I don't want to be on this team." Yeah, it's interesting, and and it's funny to see, you know, just how the league works a little bit with LeBron's team not being good. Yeah. Um, seeing how people operate right now, like. Damian Lillard in Portland is going crazy, and Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland is going crazy, and these players are just playing really, really well. But the news isn't really on them. Like, hoop heads the, talk about them. The news will always be on the Lakers. Right. The, it, that's just how, like, basketball works, no matter who's on the team. Right. I, I can I can definitely see that. But, like, hoop heads talk about those teams, right? You know, people yeah. that are into basketball, they're like, well, look at how Jeremy Grant's playing right now. But the media is like, Back to the L.A. Lakers talking about, like, Buddy Heald, you know. Yeah. Should they trade for Buddy Heald? And I was like, yes, they need shooters. Yeah, the the conversation isn't even about the team anymore. It's, like, weird hypotheticals that have nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> They're like I, – I was watching uh, FS1 today, and it was, like, Skip and Shannon debating whether or not LeBron was faking his illness. Like, they're not even talking about basketball there anymore. They're like, do you believe LeBron was really sick? It's like, what, what? what is going on? I think this leads a little bit into, you know, something that we wanted to do during our first week of the show, but we ended up, you know, we recorded it, but we cut it out, you know, behind Ooh, the scenes. Yikes. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, our favorite players, um, favorite players to watch, and I kind of wanted to twist it up a little bit since we kind of know our answers a little bit. Okay. I wanted to talk about our three top favorite players to watch of all time, and then our three top favorite players to watch in the league right now so we'll go three all time so this is like retired players things like that hall of famers non-hall of famers and then three right now in the league that's a player i need to watch okay 
your thoughts on that? You excited about that? Let's do it. Let's go. You go. You go first for three favorite players of all time. Yeah, we'll do. We'll go back and forth with our favorites of all time, and then okay. that'll give us some time to craft up a list for current players in the league who we like to watch. Okay, I think a current would be easier for me than all time, but let's do it. Okay. So I think um, my number three favorite player to watch of all time. And, I, and you're going to know this answer, obviously, is, is Big Ben Wallace. Um, growing up, I was very I'm, – I'm a huge defense first person. Like, that's my favorite thing. Back when I got into the Sacramento Kings, that was like the Ron Artest era of the Kings. And so, you know, that's a first-team all-defense defensive player. Like, I'm watching Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, like, lock people up. And mm-hmm. I loved it. And so I was like, well, who, who are good defensive players then? And I'm looking into, like, former defensive players of the year, and I see Ben Wallace's name, like, five times or four times. I'm like, whoa, who's this Ben Wallace guy? So I started watching a lot of clips on him uh, when I was younger, and I've never seen a defensive phenom like that in my entire life. He would, like, eat people's – like, just, like, eat the ball, essentially. They'll Mm -hmm. put up a shot, and he'll just go up there and absorb it. Um and I've never seen anything like that. Uh, the clips I watch of Ben Wallace, he'll like throw the ball against the backboard to catch it off the rebound. It's like what is? Yeah. It's like a. It's like uh, NBA Street. That's what I keep thinking. It's like it's literally like NBA Street. It's not real. And he has like one of the most important, like impressive championships of all time. Yeah, that two, that 2004 Detroit Pistons championship. And yeah. I would argue that he was the most crucial player on that championship team. He probably was. Chauncey was the Finals MVP because he really put up the numbers, but. Without Big Ben, you know, Shaq would have ran the court like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ben Wallace is, is my number three, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, Hall of Famer. Um, wasn't named a top 75, but will be named a top 100 for sure. He's unreal. He's probably the best undrafted player of all time. Okay. For my number three, I'm going to go with former Nets head coach Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. And you know this. You know I like Steve Nash a lot. You know, he was a back-to-back MVP, whether or not you think he deserved it. <laughs> he still was. Um, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. I, when I was a kid, uh, I was I was kind of a Suns fan. I was like an honorary Suns fan for a little bit. I uh, went to a couple games, and my brother liked the Suns, and my brother had a Steve Nash jersey. So it was kind of like, which player do I like on, on the Suns? And then there was this old Steve Nash. I, I loved watching him uh amazing passer had crazy basketball iq super talented in like any sport you see him like out there as a coach like dribbling a, a basketball like it's like a soccer ball like what this guy is just like crazy talented if he didn't go professional in basketball i think he has that sp- that competitive spirit where he would have tried to go professional in soccer probably yeah, yeah. like internationally um him and amari stoudemire yeah were, were so fun like you go watch go watch those highlights there they were nuts like wild competitive too like they were always going deep in the playoffs yeah with long playoff runs i think the thing that always really killed nash is just how imperfect that system is that d'antoni runs mm-hmm. um because back in those like mid to late 2000s even though steve nash is an unreal basketball player like that seven second or less format is just not really designed to win playoff games because it's too predictable and it's too easy to defend yeah they weren't a championship winning team by any means and that's the same reason why james harden's you know houston rockets years were also you look back with like kind of rose tinted glasses because 
James Harden was putting up crazy numbers, but he could never go deep in the playoffs mm-hmm. until Chris Paul got there. You need like two ball handlers for a seven second or less system to work. And back in Phoenix, it's like Steve Nash is running the show, and yeah. who who else is gonna? Jason Richardson he was there for a year, or George Hill when he his knees were gone, he was running <laughs> around like on like with no legs basically. Yeah, I don't even know. But I, Steve I Nash he, made that. Team, I don't know how he won back to back MVPs, but made that team to awesome to watch though. What a great team. Super fun. My number two favorite player of all time is Kobe the Bean Bryant. I grew up in a Lakers household um, with the Ferris family, so big shout out to them. And we watched every Laker. Every time I was there, we were watching the Lakers. The Lakers game was on. Um, and so even though I'm a Kings fan and I have every reason to dislike the Lakers, I I couldn't hate Kobe Bryant. I could never. Um, he was a big inspiration for me to get into basketball when I was younger. Um, a big inspiration for me is like a young adult to, um, be confident in my own abilities, to be confident in my success and to like contextualize why I'm good at things, like to know, okay, I got this. Like maybe there's a reason why I can, I can do these things very well. Um, and it's like that Mamba mentality. The hardest worker probably ever. I would say, if, I would agree. If you look at like the top 10 or 15 players of all time and, and Kobe's name is in there, he is the the least special physical player in that entire list. You look at Wilt, you look at Bill Russell, these people are like behemoths in the early 60s because there's nobody else that compares to them physically. And Michael Jordan had a 48-inch vertical and Shaquille O'Neal was built like a truck. You couldn't stop him. And then you look at Kobe Bryant and it's like, 39-inch vertical, okay, cool, but everybody in the league has a 39-inch vertical. And his hands aren't really that big, and he's not really that fast. So you're looking at him, and you're like, how is this player one of the best players of all time? But it's because he put in that work. I love his his quote. It's like something along the lines of, it doesn't matter how hard you work, because I'm going to work harder. Yeah. It's, it's, It's insane. Or his quote, there's another quote he had where he's like, I will do anything to win games. I'll hand out water. I'll sit the bench. I'll start. I'll hit the game-winning shot. Whatever I have to do to win a basketball game, I will do it. It's like he was serious about that stuff. Like he would do anything. Yeah. Um, And that's my favorite thing about Kobe is like you just look at him. If you were just taking the build of Kobe, like the physical build, his physical limitations, you're like there's no reason for him to be the best player Mm -hmm. on a team for two decades. Like there's no reason for him to be – one of the top 10 best players of all time, but he was like, he was a, f- he didn't need to be a physical specimen because he would outwork you in the gym. And he had the most confidence on the court by oh, far yeah. too. <laughs> well, he's so not really, it doesn't matter if he's shooting 50 shots. Like he's, he's out there. He's, I want the ball in his hands no matter what. Right. It's not like, it's not like he's going to be passing it off to like, you know, anybody else on that team, especially those late Lakers days. Oh God. He's passing it to Carl Malone. Robert Sacre. <laughs> We're going to let Ronnie Turioff go in and, and give yeah, us a good on. solid 10 points. It's like, no, give it to Kobe. Let's just like let, let him go shoot. crazy. Let him shoot. That's my number two, Kobe Bryant. I guess my number two, I'm just going to go for now with with just the, the prime Derrick Rose. Oh. Just super exciting to watch. Physical phenom. Like, I think a lot of people probably have Derrick Rose as, as like one of their favorite players to watch, especially from our generation. Cause I think like for older people, they'd probably say like Allen Iverson. Right. And that's completely valid. Cause he also had a longer stretch where he was insanely good. 
But Derrick Rose, for like our time, what I was able to watch on television, he was just, you, you thought, wow, like this might be, you know, this guy's a generational talent. He's super explosive, the most explosive player on the court, jumping out of the gym, dunking on whoever. His layup package was, was nice. He was just an all-around insanely, like one in a million players. I think my the thing I, I remember the most about Derrick Rose is back in those early 2K days, like 2K13 and stuff, like pre all the really, really bad injuries, he would always be, you know, this three-time MVP, Hall of Fame, and you're like, that is what I wish his career would have been. Yeah, I think if get- you ran like a 2K sim of like the seasons where he was good and you like just kept going, he probably would have won like dead in championships on 2K or something. Right, because he's, he's just an unreal player. It's like a guard-heavy league, and he was one of the first to be like the athlete on the court. Because usually you'll look at players like LeBron James and, um, you know, Vince Carter, like wings that are really athletic. But then you see somebody like Derrick Rose where he's like 6'2", 6'3", a smaller guard, but he can jump out the gym. And he's faster than everybody, and he's super strong and aggressive. Yeah, and I think people saw that, like, young Kobe, young Braun in him too. Yeah, like he had that winning spirit, but he just didn't have the legs in him, I mm-hmm. guess. And that's just horrible. That's just horrible to see how NBA history has changed. You know, a former MVP and now there's conversations of him not even making the, the Hall of Fame. Still got to appreciate, you know, what he did, though. Unreal player. Yeah. Who's your number one? My number one. The guard you know. Walter Ray Allen mm-hmm. Jr. It's his full name. Mm. That's his government right there, y'all. Look him up. Get his Social Security. Walter Ray Allen Jr. Jr. <laughs> yeah. He's the second. He's definitely my, my go-to. Did his father play? Um, it doesn't matter. He wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not a Hall of Famer. That's what matters. Okay. Um, Ray Allen's 2013 shot from the corner has been etched into my brain forever. I was watching it live. Um, my The people I was watching it with weren't really big LeBron fans. This is pre-Laker LeBron, so they weren't really big LeBron fans. So they were like, we just want San Antonio to win because we're not fans of LeBron. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I had no reason to be a big fan of the Heat. They were down 3-2 against San Antonio. San Antonio, 95-92, to up by three points. The game is over, right? There's 20 seconds on the clock or something like that. And Rebound, Bosh. Rebound, Bosh. Back out to Allen. Front three from the corner. Bang! Bang! Yep. It's like watching that live, I was like, this is, the wi- this is the most wild thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen a shot like that. And obviously now we're at a point in our life where we're like, that might be the best shot of all time. Um, that or the Kawhi Leonard shot, or maybe that Damian Lillard shot. You know, one of those three. Are I like- mean, Ray Allen's shot is considered to be like a career saver. Some people say that like say LeBron uh, haters say that saved, you know, his career. There's people that say that. That's how right. crazy that shot is. Right, right. And, and this is, you know, after seeing that shot, I was like, I need to know about this Ray Allen guy. And I look into him. He's like a 10-time all-star. He had an amazing career. And I was like, wow, he's like a really good player. isn't? He's not just some shooter. If you look into like old Ray Allen clips back when he was playing in Milwaukee or back when he was playing um, with Seattle, he was that guy for seven, eight years before mm-hmm. he went to Boston. He was the best player on every team he was on. Um, yeah, he was unreal to watch back when he played in Milwaukee, he made the Eastern conference finals with like Glenn Robinson senior and stuff like that. Really good teams. 
and he was dunking on people. He was in the dunk. Con- he was in the same dunk contest as Kobe was in ninety six or ninety eight. I think the dunk contest was because he was a dunker back then. He was super athletic. He dunked on T Mac in the NBA uh, playoffs and stuff like that. So yeah, he was an unreal athlete. As he got older, he realized how much more efficient a three point shot is than a two point shot, and really got into training the three pointer. And he practiced that shot. The shot in. Uh, in Miami, mm-hmm. like he practiced that shot. He would lay flat on his back in, in the key and would get up and backpedal to the three-point line and catch it and shoot it without looking down. He jumps like five feet in the air. Yeah, unreal. And his calves look like machines. Like when he after he jumps, there's like steam that comes off yeah. of him because it's like the same shot every single time. Yeah, and his, his wrists are just little springs. You just swing, just yeah. right every perfect every time he's an unreal player and, and he's so much fun to watch i had a friend try to convince me that his foot was on the line on that shot and and i would this was like recently and i'd be like no it, it definitely wasn't like you can see it like you could see where his feet were and he was just nope his foot was on the line was it actually no oh no why would you do that just that me? crazy of a shot yeah like you have to believe it's not real right what a crazy shot. And the, the, all the circumstances that led up to it, like San Antonio took Tim Duncan out because they thought the game was over. And, you know, Boris Diaw was out there running the five. And, you know, Bosch just grabs the ball over like a 6-5 Boris Diaw. that was Diaz. before like the LeBron miss, the yeah, LeBron yeah. deep three miss. Right. Um, what a wild shot. And I, I keep looking back to that memory. It's like that changed everything for me. And, yeah, I really got into Ray Allen and, and just like I have an Allen, I have a Ray Allen jersey, which is a, a Milwaukee Bucks Ray Allen jersey. Ooh. So it's number 34. Is it like the purplish one? Like It's the, the with the buck. With the buck, yeah. Yeah, with the big buck on yeah. it. Um, It's number 34. So people are like, whoa, where'd you get that Giannis jersey? And I'm like, it's not a Giannis jersey. This is a Ray Allen jersey. It's fire. Yeah, it's fire. That's crazy. That's my number one, Ray Allen. Walter, be, be, be respectful. Walter, Ray Allen Jr. It might be, he might be like Curry where he doesn't like being called by his... I'm sorry, Ray. I mean, Ray, 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 Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> Man, they should bring back those nickname jerseys or do those nickname oh, jerseys. Oh, that would be wild. Yeah, but some people would have like bad nicknames though. Like, what do you call Matt Ryan now? DoorDash. Oh, my. <laughs> that's good. I know. That's good. We'd probably call him that. Or do they call uh, the, the MJ, the farmer MJ or whatever they call what? the... They were trying to call AR-15 MJ. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. White Mamba, I think they were calling him for a little bit. I think that already is a thing. (laughs) Oh, God, that's awful. All right. My number one is obviously LeBron James and too predictable. I'm not going to go with any, you know, crazy player from the 80s or 90s that I'm, I'm trying to be cool and I'm trying to like some unique player. It's like. No, I'm liking the the specimen, the gen- the basketball genius, LeBron James. Um, you know, I'm a wherever he at fan. So when he was on the Heat, you know, Heat fan, I'm like Rihanna, wherever he at. <laughs> oh, you're so sick. And he just like I, I I can't get over how good he is. Obviously today he's he's not the player he used to be, but I, I've seen him play a few times. I watched him play in the finals, and I was just in shock. Uh, and this was the 2018 final. So this isn't even like, I mean, you could say that playoff run was like prime Braun. But, but that's when like the JR timeout thing. Right? Yeah, it was the game after the JR timeout thing. Oh, God. Uh, it was game two, I, I believe. And it was just 
the LeBron show. It was insane watching him play. It, it was unreal. I've never seen anything like it before. And I've been to many NBA games and it, seeing him in the finals was just him, his, his ability to find his teammates to create open shots and they miss them repeatedly over and over and over again in the NBA finals. And he like just continues to do it because he has so much faith in his teammates. If he wanted to, he could take 60 shots. I think he could have had a 80 point game in his career if he wanted to. Wow. But, but in the finals and you just watch him play, if he has an open man, he'll pass it to him. I mean, he got criticized for that in the bubble because he passed it to uh, Danny. Was it Danny Green? And he missed the wide open three, and they oh, lost that finals game against the Heat. I think it Heat. was Danny Green, yeah. And it's like he just has so much faith, and he makes the people around him better that he's motivational to watch. He's not. He's not a selfish player. He's not a. You know, some people would say MJ was a selfish player. You know, on and off the court, but LeBron is just a stand-up guy. He always wants to. He wants his team to win, but he also wants to play smart basketball. I'd love to see him shoot 50 shots because I think he'd probably have an 80-point game. But just watching him as I grew up, I wish I could have watched MJ, but I'm a little too young for that. I wish I could have watched AI. I even wish I could have watched young Kobe. But mm. what I got was was LeBron, and not even all of LeBron's career I could watch. But it's just been a sight to see, and I think when he retires, it's going to be sad. I'm going to be sad because that's, that's who I grew up watching right. and that's who I idolized in basketball. He was always the best player. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people this generation can say now is like we're having conversations like who is the next LeBron. And I think we see a lot of players like that now in the league that could be that next person. But, you know, you can't really say it was Steph because LeBron was here when Steph was here. Even right. though Steph was winning more um, later on in Bron's career, like – Braun was still in those finals yeah. with nobody. And now that I'm older, it's not going to be the same effect. Because when you're a kid and you see these players doing it, it's it's so much, you know, more impactful. It's so different. Uh, but now that you know you get older, that you don't really idolize these players anymore. You still you know love certain players, but it's not like this guy's your your hero type of thing. So, right. And I get that. I think that you know, I think that I had that a little bit with Kobe, because I think. I first started getting into basketball just watching casually, probably like that 2010 championship. So the mm -hmm. second ring that Kobe had, his fifth. Um, and I just got so connected to Kobe. And, you know, you started watching basketball with like, you know, that Cavs to Heat switch. Mm -hmm. um, and he started, mm -hmm. you know, that the Heatles and they started winning and back to Cleveland and now in L.A. And it's just tough to see players that you're like, this is the league for me. This is what I think of when I think of basketball, or at least NBA basketball. And now they're not in the league. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how that changes. But he's going to go down as, you know, Leading top two, scorer. maybe not two, you know. I was actually at the game when he broke the record for most combined playoff and regular season points. Oh, yeah. When he beat Kareem. I was at that game last season, too. Cool. Pretty cool. I didn't know that was happening that night, but what? It, I was there. <laughs> You just went, and you're like, whoa. And it was know. in San Francisco, and there was, like, one Laker fan going, yeah, let's go. And everyone was like, come Bowen. on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. They didn't even, like, stop the game and congratulate him. It was weird. It just popped up on the screen, like, on the ticker, and then yeah, it, it went like, by. It was like, oh, he just broke the probably one of the most important records in NBA history. Right, one of the most unbreakable okay. records ever. Yeah, uh, just keep playing. Wild. It's LeBron. Okay, something I we we're gonna get into. We talked about it for a second. Our three favorite players to watch right now. Right now, and I'm I'm gonna make a claim here. 
you can't pick LeBron. I'm not, I'm not picking LeBron. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not doing him twice. Don't worry. Okay. I was like, you can't be cheesing like that. Because I don't even think LeBron is in my top three right now. Okay. Would you Would you like to mix it up a little bit? I have a thought, and I'd love to see where your perspective is. Yeah, let's let's hear it. You can't pick somebody that I pick, and I can't pick somebody you pick. Okay. So it's like a draft a little bit. Okay. If I pick it, off the board. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going my number one. My number one favorite to watch right now in the league, because I need, I need this guy. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, I had to steal it. He's no. he's the best. He okay. He plays you know thirty two minutes a game and is somehow second in the league in points per game. Like mm-hmm. he's just an unreal monster. It's the only team left in the league that's still undefeated, and Chris Middleton's not even playing. Um, yeah, Giannis is an unreal specimen. He he's just a great guy. I mean, yeah. not even on like not even on the court. Just I I think everyone loves him. And he just watching his highlights the past few days, he's starting off strong this season, mm. running through people. Yeah, he's 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 awesome, and I I constantly just look back and I'm like, yeah, he's probably the gonna be the next LeBron, and if not him, then you know one other player mm-hmm. that I'm expecting you to probably pick next. The only reason that I I I probably would not have him as my number one is because. I like shooters a lot. Yeah. And you know, he's not he's not a big shooter. No. And that's all I can do when I play basketball is shoot. You know, I can't dunk or lay it up, so Yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> you know. Well put you in the corner and let you shoot. I could get on your shoulders and dunk, but yeah, yeah. it takes a while. If we wear a good trench coat and I'll be on the bottom and you'll be on the top, we could probably get up a little bit. We few could. Times. I yeah. don't think we'd even still be at the we might still be you know, shorter than the rim. Oh, for sure. Because you're like five one and I'm like five I'm four eleven. Oh, 411. Four, or 48. Four, 48. Yeah. 411 on Tinder, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. My number one, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. I knew you were going to take Luka. That sucks. <laughs> I had to. That sucks. I couldn't pass it up. I couldn't I pass knew it, it up. Yeah. He, he's so exciting. He's I don't, up, I, you know, I don't need to talk about his game. Everybody sees it every night. He's probably going to be a top five MB, MVP candidate this year. Um, he's on a tear. He He's just so talented. He has that, like, European mentality european play style too where he just goes out there and he tears it up and he's like un somehow he's like big body he's unguardable he's got a crazy shot he can drive he's not fast but he's quick as heck like it's weird yeah. he doesn't need to outspeed you because he, his he like dissects the game mm-hmm. a little bit like dirk used to do but way i think way better than dirk had ever done it and he just has these circus shots you're like how yeah. do you how does anyone hit that he's he's unreal he's fantastic about your number two. My number two. I have to tune in. You just have to tune in. John Moran. Ooh. Yeah. John Moran is unreal. He's somehow created a position in the league where he is good no matter what he is doing. He can go out there and be a playmaker and be really good. And he can go out there and be the primary scorer. Like, I'm going to just dribble the ball down your throat and dunk on you. Mm-hmm. And be the you know best player on the court. I don't think we've seen that in a while. Like Stephen Curry, when he's on the court, he's the best. I mean, but I, he's we a saw shooter. It in the playoffs like, last year, though, like Ja Morant, it was just like feed the ball to Ja. Right. When they were playing the Warriors, in that in that series, it was just like you. He was the best player on the court, and it was very obvious. Right. And th- and I think that's the thing I like the most about Ja is like he doesn't need to be because his team is is pretty solid, very top heavy team. Um, he doesn't need to be the number one scorer or the number one defender, 
but he can easily be the number one scorer, number one defender, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he can just fill into those roles whenever he's needed. Um, you know, most improved player last year. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he's unreal. And, and right now, he's so much fun to watch because he, you know, like Anthony Edwards says, like, well, I'm not dunking. I can't be dunking every play. I can't be dunking on everybody. Yeah. You must not be John Morant because he's still dunking on everybody somehow. It's wild. And he's, he's short. He's like 6'2". He's a small guy. Yeah, he's wild. That's my number two, John Morant. I think this is tough uh, for current players, but my number two, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Whoa, really? Okay. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I really like the Celtics that much, um, <laughs> but Jason Tatum is is just so good. He's unreal in the playoffs. I loved watching him the last few years. His shot looks so just so smooth to me. I I love his shot form in in beyond the arc. He'll do like a step back from super super deep, and it just looks the same every time. It looks so good. Um, He's not afraid to like go and dunk on dudes that are seven feet tall, and his handles are. He's got a, he's got a pretty good bag for his handles. He's exciting to watch. I, I love him in in Jalen Brown. I, he's definitely not as exciting to watch as like Giannis or or even Luca, but he's he's up there, and he's he he puts on highlights every night whether or not they win. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick. I think Jason Tatum is like he's entered this like upper echelon of top 10 players of the league and there was a lot of talk when he was younger of like Jalen or Jason it's Jason now yeah. like it's, he's gone from great to all-star like he's just yeah. all-star status now and yeah. everyone just expects that of him he's so fantastic it, it's almost like when he has a really good game people are kind of like whatever you know you know it's just Jason Tatum but don't sleep on that that it's hard to go out there and do that every night I think for my number three I'm looking at a few names here and and I think I'm I'm going to throw out a name that you're not expecting, um, which I am going for. Okay. So in terms of right now, my favorite players to watch, it's so tough. I'm going to – it's probably a tie between these two players. I'm going to take one of them because one of them is just an obvious pick. Zion Williamson. Okay. Um, But it's a close second with Benedict Matherin. Wow, I'm gonna we're gonna leave it. Well, I'll talk about him for just a second. But Zion Already? is, oh my god, the only reason I tune into Pacers is that too is to soon watch. to say that? That I, I'm saying I'm enjoying watching. Okay, not that they're the best player. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I could care less what that is, but but out of a small sample size of yes. six games, you've, yes. you've already okay. Yes, um, but Zion, he's he's my number three. He's unreal. Obviously, I was, I'm huge on the Pelicans. I'm a big Pels fan. I'm watching a lot of their games. Zion's just unreal. He's like a monster. Um, he's unstoppable. He'll basically treat you like a little child. Uh, it's like he's playing high school basketball again against all mm-hmm. those like white Christian kids. Yep. Um, he goes up for the rebound and everyone else lets him. Right. And and nothing is better than just watching him body somebody and then put it, you know, offensive rebound, pull it down, go rack up with a dunk, and then he just looks at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's go, like yelling. And he like is just staring into their souls basically. Cause what are they going to do? Stop him. They can't stop him. Once he is, you know, got a head of steam heading towards the basket. There's nothing. Yeah. He's unreal. And quickly about Benedict Matherin. Cause he needs to be mentioned here okay. before he entered the league. He said, he's like, he was one of those guys that had a huge ego, right? He was like, I need LeBron James to prove that he's him. That's what he said in an interview or something like that. Like they're like, well, what are your thoughts about playing in the league with LeBron? And he's like, 
I need I need LeBron to prove it. The Pacers aren't obviously a good team, but if you were going to be watching them for any reason, it is because Benedict Matherin is playing. Mm-hmm. He, him, and he he's going to be top three in Rookie of the Year votings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an unreal player. He reminds me a lot of like a, a Dwayne Wade that can shoot. He's already broke some some rookie records, I think. Yes, right, like most po- points in a certain game stretch. Yeah, I think in uh, like a three game stretch, he because he was putting up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and Paolo is also bre- breaking a bunch of like rookie records and stuff like that. But yeah, Benedict Matherin is is unreal. But he's seriously like D Wade that can shoot the three a little bit. He's like shooting like forty three percent from three, shooting like five threes a game at like a high clip. But he's like super aggressive, getting to the basket and can really create his own shot underneath the rim. And I'm like, this is like Dwayne Wade if he can. And I'm a huge Dwayne Wade fan, so. To be compared to Dwayne Wade, that's a big deal. Yeah, and he's not really even playing that much minutes. He's playing like 27 or 28 ga- minutes a game, putting up like 20 points a game. So really highly efficient. It's a really cool player yeah. to watch. That's an honorable mention, though. I'm okay. taking Zion. Zion okay. is my take. Zion is your number one? I think my number one... Well, not my number one. We went backwards. Oh, Giannis yeah, this, is my yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, 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 right. This is my yeah. number three. Right. My number three. Yeah, I, I, I think... For me as well, I have a couple players that I'd I'd pick for this. Um, Jokic is is always fun to watch, but to me, his play style gets a little boring. Like it's great seeing he, he's just like probably the best passer in the league, and that's always fun to watch. But just watching like a big man put the ball up in the hoop over and over, you know, to me gets a little boring. But that's it's, obviously MVP, right? It wins basketball games. Um, but Damian Lillard, mm, that's I think you knew I was going to say Damian Lillard I, a little I bit. Picked D-Lo, yeah. it, it's just he hasn't slowed down, and his game is so smooth. He knows what he's doing. Every single shot he puts up, you feel like you just coming from his hands, you're like, that's going in. Whether it goes in yeah. or not, you're just like, it's Dame Lillard. Let him shoot. Yeah. And everyone always gives him a hard time for, for staying on his team and for not you know, trying to go win a championship. And that's a whole nother conversation, but him as a basketball player as a whole, he's so exciting to watch. I don't know anyone that, that wouldn't want to watch him. And he's a guy that doesn't need to take load, load days off. He's a guy that doesn't need to, to get any, to give the ball to other players. He can put the ball in his hands and and change the game. He'll score 50 points if he needs to, if he needs to win the basketball game. And he is, you know, really showing right now that he needs to be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. D'Lil is, like, you know, one of the best clutch shooters of all time. Even when he was younger, he was hitting those shots. In, in the fourth quarter, he turns into, like, a, a 2K player that has the that has the heat, the flames. Yeah, he's on fire. I just, I just don't understand. He's like, uh, you ever play NBA Jam where it's like, you're on yes. fire, and, yes. like, the court is burning, That's the him ball and like is OT on fire. That's him in, OT and, like, yeah. the fourth quarter. For some reason, you know. Those last 12 minutes, he might as well have, like, ice packs for hands because yeah. he needs to cool off. He's, too, he's like, burning the ball. The leather on the ball is stripping off because he's just so hot. He's just going crazy. And I think I just remembered an honorable mention that I want to I bring up. DeMar DeRozan. Oh, God. DeMar DeRozan. Baby he, Jordan. Yeah, Baby Jordan, another, like, obviously super fun player to watch. And if I had made a top five, he'd be in it right now. Yeah. DeMar would probably make my top five as well. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, I think it's fun to 
be able to tune into games. Obviously, I'm a big Sacramento Kings fan, so I'm watching a lot of De'Aaron Fox, but I think that's kind of a cop-out to put him on a list like this. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's important to show love to the players that we care about, you know, watching the most right now. So Luka, Giannis, Damian Lillard, Zion. Tatum. Tatum. Unreal players. They really are. And, you know, if I had a top five, I'd be picking, you know, Matt Ryan might end up on my top five. Matt Ryan is on my top five as well. And he ain't five. Or four, three, or two. <laughs> he's, on, he's my number one favorite player. There used to be a player in the Spurs that I had in my top five. but Oh. I've, hmm. I don't you watch sp- him ever anymore. What about the guy in the Nets? The guy in the Nets? Steve Nash? Because <laughs> there was a guy in the Nets that I also had in my favorite players to watch, but... He was an honorable mention, but not anymore. Oh, yeah, no. He can't be watched anymore. Yeah. He's a bad guy. It's not like he's going to be playing for the next five games either. True. Yeah, so as we're getting closer here to the end of our show, I think we should talk about some, some rhymes. rhymes. Hey, that was good. That we was were connected good. There. Whoa. Wait, first wait, let's things do first. First things first. Oh, God. Rip, take off. R.I.P. The oh, best Migo, yeah. in my opinion. Most talented. He was super tragic. Yeah, he was the most talented. And it was oh God. Seeing that just completely it yeah, I've I've seen the Migos perform twice mm-hmm. and I've loved they were they're such good performers. I love them all. Um it, it's really sad to see someone go that is so young. You think he was only twenty five. Twenty eight, I 20, think he was twenty eight. I think so. Just either way, it's it's just so so sad to see something like that and an incredibly talented like has a huge future in music in music good solo artist and as a group yeah and great rapper um and over something that is you know really like bad place bad time kind of vibe yeah. where it's not even really you know like it, it just shouldn't have happened he should have had so much more of a life to live and so yeah seeing something like that is just incredibly saddening as well mm-hmm. well uh, you want to talk about the album yeah so last week we talked a little bit about specifically listening to some like garnered music for our taste um and the album we came to was an orion sun album called a collection of fleeting moments and daydreams yeah and i gave it a i gave it a few lessons over the past week um some of my favorite things about the album is it feels very freestyly and so i'm gonna play it right now in our background so we can just have it playing um, I think the thing I like the most about this album is it's very it feels very much so like a collaborative album. There's a lot of different voices, a lot of different instrumentation on the album itself, and it feels very free flowing. Like it's almost like a improvisation hip hop jazz album, um, which I really like. What would you rate it? One to ten. Ooh, I would probably give the album. I would say an eight even. Um, okay. There's some tracks here that... That's pretty high. Yeah, I would say an eight even is pretty solid. There's some really quick tracks on here. They're like interlude tracks, maybe a minute. But they're so natural feeling that I don't even realize that they're their own song, which I really like. Um, and there's some songs here that I can see myself listening to for the rest of my life. So, for example, the song we have right now in the background is called Mango, a freestyle slash process. Um yeah, and it's just a great track. It's something that I can just have on in the early morning, waking up, trying to feel some good vibes I'd put on this track. Pretty so, relaxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing I like the most about this album. And I can definitely see why it was recommended to the both of us is it does borderline that hip-hop vibe where some of their songs are like, okay, this is a hip-hop song. And then some of their songs, like, this feels like a jazz song with, like, a hip-hop kind of, like, a hip-hop mother. You know what I mean? Okay. Distant relative. Cousin. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Uncle, like Matt Ryan. An uncle. A hip-hop uncle. Yeah, hip-hop Matt Ryan. Okay. Yeah, let's think of it like like that. Um yeah, and I, I've just really enjoyed the vibes. Some of the – it is a very short album, um, maybe 23, 24, 25 minutes. So mm-hmm. it feels like it goes by really fast. It's probably my only big complaint is some of the songs are so short that by the time that I've, like, done anything during my day, we're already into the next – we're into the next album or it's repeating yeah. the f- front of the album. And I'm like, dang, that's a really quick – but it's not an EP though. It's not labeled as an EP. Hmm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a good album, and I'm I'm glad that I was able to find something new through our process of finding new music. We should do it again. I think we should do it again. Do you have any thoughts on the album? Well, you know, Trace. Tell the people. I have to admit that I uh, I have not listened to it. I've had a I have had a busy, <laughs> busy, busy week. You know, school. You know, reading NBA Twitter. Oh God. You know, my, my life is, is busy, so that that's my fault. I got to be better. I got to get on the next one for next week. And maybe I'll come back with a review for this album next week. I'll give it I'll add a 10 rating, but I feel bad, you know. I feel bad. You're like, yeah, I just, like, didn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want me to give a fake review, you know. Oh, no, it was, a, it was I wanted, okay. I liked it. I wanted the fans to know that you are you a didn't scam. You have to call me out. You're a scam is what you are. I'll, I'll give them a Spotify listen and oh, increase their you're so sick. their their listeners for the month. Do we have a a next artist lined up? We do. Um, I think I've listened to a few songs off of this album because it looks familiar, but I don't think I've listened to the whole album. It's called Yes Laud by NX Worries, which is a collaboration between Anderson Pack and Knowledge. Oh, okay. How long is this album? Um, I think this is a 40, 48 minutes. Okay. So this is like a, a sure. an LP. Um, that'll be the next album we're listening to. I think a few of those tracks look familiar, but I don't really know. I'm really bad well, at I'm song Well, I'm excited titles. to actually listen to it this time. Which Listen to which one? The one that you're supposed to listen to or this one? Uh, both. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Hopefully we'll, we'll be able to record I'm not going to listen to any other music ever until I'm done with these two albums. I just don't believe that. You're right. <laughs> awesome as soon as well, i get in my car i'm playing my my playlist that basically wraps up our day here be able to have a pretty free flow podcast today thank you all for tuning in to dimes and rhymes mm-hmm. a little different today hope you all enjoyed it talking a little bit about some basketball that's going on next week we're probably going to be coming up we're trying to maybe do like an open call line during our podcast yep we got some people who want to call in um we have the technology to be able to do it it really just depends on what it'll sound like and how Mm -hmm. the flow will go and so we'll probably be testing that out a little bit um which would be pretty cool we are also looking into just having more fun on this podcast be able to have a little bit more free flow conversations and so i had a pretty fun idea and i was going to share it with brady now doing like drafts drafts yeah, drafts. What does that mean? Like, I get five picks, you get five picks. And oh, we're, okay. We're like, you know, top five Yeah. something, right? Just fill in the blank. Yeah. 
and we both go one, two, three, four, five, back and forth, and okay. then we let the fans decide who had the better draft. Okay, I, I like think it. that would be fun. I see a lot of podcasts doing stuff like that, and I think we can mix it up. I got some, fun, I got some funny ideas. Okay, um, yeah, and so we can do something like that for sure. Let's you do know. it. I'm excited. Anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up this pod here? Uh, I I want to share my idea, which was we we for one segment maybe every other week we pick a basketball team from a certain city and maybe we pick an artist from that city that we like to listen to or give a suggestion from that artist we don't have to do a deep dive on anything since we're already doing our other music segment but just you know looking at the atlanta hawks could talk about the migos you know something like that i think that would be cool you want to just let's just pick a team for next week let's do that okay let's I, i would rather just like spin a wheel but at the top of my head i'm gonna pick the The New York Knicks. Ooh, good pick. Mm-hmm. We can play some MF Doom. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about New York, go a little deep dive into their roster a little pick bit. Pick your favorite New York artist. Yeah. And we'll pick your favorite New York artist. I have mine picked already. Boom. Picked it. Okay. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for tuning in to Dimes and Rhymes, y'all, as we transition here into kind of the end of our show here today thank you for tuning in thank you for always tuning into our podcast if you'd like you can follow us on spotify at dimes and rhymes um we put all of our podcasts there after a few days yeah and you can follow us on instagram at dimes underscore rhymes be posting some updates on there every once in a while if you ever want to just see what we're up to we'll see you next week yeah we'll see you next week thank you for tuning in thank you for being here we appreciate you like the Alamo, tally ho, a hot joker like space game. Came back for five years, laying the stage, the same set. Electromagnetic field, it blocks all logic. Spock and G shocks a biological clock. When I hit it, slid it to the sitter, thought I killed a goose. Uh-